I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello? Hello? Podcast Network Asia. Welcome to She Talks Peace, a podcast that highlights the role of women peacebuilders around the world in bringing lasting peace and security to their communities eavesdrop into their conversations and get to know their stories. From the Philippines to Malaysia, from Indonesia to Palestine, from Myanmar to the United States, their dreams and their hopes for a world without violence and a world where every woman and girl can be whoever she wants to be. Hosted by Amina Rasul Bernardo, President of the Philippine Center for Islam and Democracy, and Dina Zaman, a Malaysian journalist and co-founder of Iman Research. This is She Talks Peace. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of She Talks Peace. I'm Amina Rasul of the Philippine Center for Islam and Democracy, greeting you from Manila. Hi, Dina. Hi, Amina. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of She Talks Peace. So please, Amina, tell me what's happening in Manila. Ooh, busy, 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 busy. And I'm sure you are too. After okay. all, you and I were, were working together on uh, women, peace, and security in, yeah. in our countries and in ASEAN. Mm-hmm. And Dina, the work increases with each passing day. Oh, yeah. Yes, you know, I can this, imagine. You know, this uh, Putin is, is crazy. The impact yes. of uh, Putin's war against Ukraine is felt even even here in our region, even here in in Manila. I'm, I'm telling you, Dina. On one hand, yeah. uh, you know, women advocates like us, we are so encouraged. We are so filled with amazement at the bravery of Ukrainian women. Like, did you see that one who confronted a Russian soldier? And uh-huh. offered him sunflower seeds to put wow. in his pocket because she said, at least if he was killed, the sunflower seeds in his pocket will grow. Can you imagine that the, the, the bravery of the woman? But on the okay. other hand, you, yeah, me, and all from Southeast Asia, we like our noodles. And wow. Ukraine is a major supplier of wheat. So we are so worried that the war is going to cut short the supply of wheat for our noodles and our breads and increase the price. I don't know, Tina. So how is Putin's war affecting Malaysia and your community? With this, a lot of people are very concerned, yeah? And I think people are even more concerned because, you know, the hardships we went through as a country during COVID, right? Yeah. Uh, the fact that, you know, we are worried with what's happening in China. A lot of Malaysian Muslims, right, are very concerned about Uyghur Muslims. Yeah. So now they're looking at this and they're going, oh dear. And, you know, I mean, uh, a lot of us belong to, you know, groups who work on um, 
CVE, you know, preventing violent extremism and all, we're also very worried about the fact that, you know, you have like Japanese uh, people from the UK, you know, normal civilians who want to go off to Ukraine, you know, to fight the war. Yep. And we're saying, well, what happens if jihadis or militants or even far-right fascists join this war? What is going to happen then? Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I know. I know what you mean. I've been yeah. very, very worried myself um, ever since the war started, uh, wondering if we're going to be left alone in facing the the dangers of the expansion of violent yeah. extremist ideology. I mean, I'm sure ISIS and and the Taliban are happy that the attention of the West yeah. isn't so much on yeah. them. But you know, Dina, there's another yeah. worry. You mentioned China. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Our president, uh, Rodrigo, Rodrigo Duterte, said in a speech that China could invade us if Putin is not stopped. And you know very well the Philippines, I mean, China has physically occupied the Spratly's Islands, which the Philippines claims as, as part of our territory. So I don't know. I mean, this, the, the effect of, um, of Ukraine, uh, you know, Putin's war in the Ukraine in our region and in other countries like, like Africa. It's, oh, God, it's yeah. going to be, it's going to be crazy. You know, Dina, I read an, an article, um, about Nigeria and, um, and, and Boko Haram. Because remember that, that story, uh, the news that captivated all of us about yeah. the Boko Haram terrorists who, yes, who attacked, uh-huh. uh, yeah. the barracks and a lot of uh, young men yeah. and boys were taken away. They were taken away to detention camps because they were suspected to be right. a Boko Haram, even though they were not. So. Yeah. One of our friends from the Women's Alliance for Security Leadership, she organized right. a protest uh, a few days oh, ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and she she got hundreds of women, mostly yeah. mothers and wives, yeah. to demonstrate. And they called on the Nigerian government and the military to release the male relatives who were taken in as, as Boko Haram suspects. That's that's pretty amazing that you know things like this are are also happening in uh, in Nigeria. You've met you've met our our colleague from the Women's Alliance on Security yes, Leadership, right? Yeah, yeah. So we're lucky today that we're going to be that we're going to have her uh, join us. So oh, are, are you going to introduce her, Dina? I will. It'll be a privilege. I. Yeah, so if you don't mind, Amina, um, ladies and gentlemen, those who are listening in, we are really, really lucky today to have a Nigerian peace advocate join us. I met her, uh, like all of us, we met in Norway, right? In 2019. Yes. yes. So we'd like to introduce Haja Hamsatu Alamin, the executive director of the Foundation for Peace and Development, who was a coordinator of that project, that very project Amina mentioned just now saying that more than 2,000 men and children allegedly were arrested by the military troops in Maiduguri and its environs since 2011 have not been accounted for. 
She said scores of young men and boys were arrested by the military, allegedly for being members of the Boko Haram, while their relatives do not know their whereabouts. Haja Hamsatu is an educator, freelance writer, gender activist, human rights defender, and peacemaker. She is a creator of the network of CSOs for Peace and the WPS network as Voice of the Voiceless, as well as the social networks of victims of disappearances and survivors of Boko Haram abductions, among others. Like us, she's a member of the Women Alliance for Security Leadership. She's received numerous awards, such as the 2019 nominee of the Nigeria National Human Rights Award, the 2016 International Woman Peacemaker of the Croc Institute for Peace and Justice, USA, and in 2018, she was a laureate of the Islamic Development Bank for the contribution to sustainable peace. She's a member of the African Union Network of Women Mediators. Haja Hamsati is an advocate of alternative approaches to end the Boko Haram insurgency in Nigeria. Welcome to She Talks Peace, Haja. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me, Sister Dina and Sister Amina. Welcome to She Talks Peace, Hamsatu. We may not be able to physically have you come here, but this is, this is the next best thing. So Hamsatu, tell us about that demonstration that you organized on, on March 14. Why did you feel that you had to do it? In, in fact, we have been organizing this demonstration for the last four years. This is not the fourth, first, this is the fourth. So every year on 14th of March, women come out like this to demonstrate and we help them to amplify their voices. So to give you a background, as you have rightly said, Giwa Barracks is the military facility at Giwama where it holds hundreds of uh, Nigerian military personnel. So coincidentally with the Boko Haram insurgency, Juwabarak became a notorious den of um, uh, as a military detention facility, where in fact with the escalation of Boko Haram insurgency, hundreds of thousands of youth within the city and environments have been arrested by the soldiers and then detained within that barracks. In fact, the women you saw us together with, some of them, their sons have been for over now getting to almost 10 years now because they it's over nine years since their arrest. Then because years. at the peak of insurgency, when Boko Haram were living in the community, they come out and then attack the security men and then disappear back to their communities. So the communities come and then arrest every male child they see on the street, in their houses, in their mosque and others. Oh my goodness. So it, um, it was, um, they were kept in that place and then the hapless women have nowhere and they are all breadwinners of their families. So until when these Boko Haram boys in broad daylight around 9 a.m. came and then broke into that barracks and then released hundreds of, I can say thousands of young men because the video is still trending. Thousands? So after that, thousands? Uh, yeah, after that, honestly, it's thousands. Whoa. You need to see the video. In fact, even Amnesty International has, in fact, confirmed over 25,000 were arrested. And then um, the Nigerian Red Cross, too, recently, the ICRC confirmed that they, the 20,000 they have in their records is the largest they, um, number of uh, disappeared people they had ever in their records across the world. 
But I'm telling you, even in my small NGO now, we have registered over 25,000. We are looking for over 25,000 young men who have been arrested and remain disappeared. But but they're not Boko Haram because the mothers and the wives know. Oh my goodness. No, they are not. They are not. In fact, they are also victims of Boko Haram. In fact, that is the massive arrest is what even motivated me to now create a network, a network of several of these such mothers, because we have the Jire Dole mothers in the mother's network. Now we have registered over 6,000 women looking for their sons. Right. And then in the NIFA movement, we have registered over 8,000. They are all IDV women who came out, who were taken over, whose territories were taken over by Boko Haram. And then after some counter-terrorism operation, when they come, the Boko Haram will run and leave them. So the military will now take all the men and then detain them and then take the women to the IDP camps. So in that regard, too, we have now registered over 8,000 of such women who are looking for their husbands. It's a very, very serious matter. You need to understand the context of the Northeast. The Northeastern Nigeria is the most underdeveloped yeah, region yeah, in the yeah. country. Yeah. It is a voiceless society where nobody speaks, nobody says anything. In fact, I don't even think, even in Nigeria itself, the kind of things that happen in Northeastern Nigeria can be tolerated by any other region. No. We have just seen the NSAS crisis where people started the crisis, they were the one making noises in less than two years. They are even compensated for the losses they suffered. But for the context of the northeastern Nigeria, is now getting to 10 years and over. Boko Haram insurgency is now in its 12 years. Nobody Haja. says anything and the men are disappeared. Haja, do you think you could just backtrack a bit? Because many of our listeners, right, especially the young, they're very new to peace building. And of course, you know, uh, your experiences. Do you think you could just backtrack a bit and tell us how you became a peace builder? How you got into this? Thank you very much. In fact, this um, I have even started touching the kind of thing that motivated me or inspired me to become a peace builder. Yes, at the height of the insurgency, when the military was doing this indiscriminate arrest, at that time to them, Everyone who is a Muslim in that part of country is a Boko Haram. Hence, they kept arresting hundreds of thousands of our young men, and then which in part resulted in many women of my own age even joining the Boko Haram insurgents so that they can take revenge from the mismanagement of the situation by the Nigerian military. And then these same women encourage their young sons also to join so that at least they can take their revenge on the Nigerian soldiers. In fact, in the downtown communities, women around that time will tell you Nigerian soldiers are worse than Boko Haram. So this was the scenario. This was the context. At that time, it was then that I decided that I have to know who these Boko Harams are, whose sons they are, and then why are they committing this kind of violence? that is now taking its toll on everybody in the society. In fact, as the military comes now, when they cannot find these boys, they now start um, setting people's houses on fire and then indiscriminate arrest and others. So with this now, I will just have to wear my own wretched 
bathroom slippers and dress wretchedly like any local woman and then trek into these kind of communities just to know who these boys are, to see them. And then if possibly I can understand why they were doing it because it made me to believe that someone has to do something to stop this madness. Because to me, it is madness. The boys are killing, the military are also killing. So in fact, that's how I now go into these communities. When I yeah. go, I see these young men with their guns. In fact, they started even coming to talk to me. Eventually, they realized that I am harmless. So when they see me, they call me mama and then come and even right. stay, stand near me with their guns. So it was then that I really now understood that no matter how bad, no matter how vicious you consider someone, that person wants to be listened to. He wants a listening ear. So Hamzah, that's your alternative. That's your alternative approach to the Boko Haram, to listen yes, to them and yes, treat them the like your son. That is the listening, yes. That is the listening. In fact, in, in this process, I myself was arrested one day. My son also was with three of his friends. One of oh, them was no. shot dead. My One of them was shot in the lab. And my son was also near killed. So the, I was called to come and rescue him. In fact, nobody, no man, in fact, can follow me to go to where the soldiers are because everybody were peers the Nigerian soldiers. So I have to go alone as a woman to go and then take back my sons from the soldiers where I saw his friends already dead. So I said, no, we have to impact. In fact, the military, the counter-terrorism approach with the guns will never be a solution to this issue. So I have to delve into the situation to see what as a woman of my own age can do to see if I can now, in fact, stem the tide of the violence and then forcibly talk to government and others as I am able to talk to the Boko Haram. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So you organized dialogue, Samsatu. You had dialogue. Oh, yes, dialogue. Oh, yes, I organized dialogue. So in fact, you know, in the context of the Northeastern Nigeria, in fact, the um, uh, men and women are not communicating. In fact, youth also have no place where elders are because as a youth, when we, you go to a place where elders are, they will just drive you away. What is an, uh, a youth going to do in where elders are? And then the, the youth and then the elder, uh, women are not even part of whatever discussion or decision, even if it directly affects them. 
So with this Boko Haram insurgency now, I have seen how youths become more closer to their mothers because at that time, the mothers were even the ones hiding the guns. When the, these boys come with the gun, it is the mothers who hide the guns under their beds. The father does not even know that these boys have been radicalized. So therefore, for the first time, I was able to now bring men, women, and then the youth to sit, not in the house, but inside the mosque, so that they can now talk and then understand why the situation, what brought the situation that we are in because of lack of communication between, among even the family members, because men do not, men especially elders, do not consider women and youth of, to have any material importance, hence they are even sidelined. And then, then look at it, now the youth have taken up the arms and then their mothers have joined them, giving them cover, hiding their guns for them, while the men don't even know. So eventually the men become the victims. So therefore, gradually when we brought this dialogue together, and now we expanded now the dialogue to bring in service providers at the community. That is both state and non-state actors who are providing whatever kind of services so that we bring together the men, women, the youth, and these service providers to sit down and then discuss and then talk to understand each other so that they can even um, uh, detect early warning signs and then devise strategies of where, how to respond who to report to, et cetera. So it was for the first time we are able to bring men, women, and then um, the youth together. In fact, when I was telling them now, eh, you have sidelined and marginalized the women and the youth. So therefore, look at it now. Look at what the youth are able to bring on us. This untold hardship, the killings, where almost everybody has been affected with loss of lives, livelihood, and even sometimes our dignity as human beings. And then when the situation become intense, when the Nigerian military indiscriminately arrests and then kills, it is the same youths still that took up local arms to go after the violent Boko Haram ones. Oh my God. So in that yes, in that process, many of our youth, because who knows them, they are all part of the community. They are right, living with right. their parents in their own houses. Uh, they are not wearing any uniform. There is no impact um, uh, uh, identification mark to say that this is a Boko Haram. So yeah, the military, yeah. all of us are Boko Haram. By the way, I'm Sato. Now, does does the does your government recognize the positive uh, results of of your alternative approach to the Boko Haram? Are they supporting you now? And are, are they able to get young people more engaged? The governments are overwhelmed by the counter-terrorism measures that impact the initiative of and efforts of individual civil society actors is never recognized, and not to talk of a woman. In fact, in that regard, even the violent ones are more appreciative of the efforts of we women than the government itself. Because when I was talking to them, these boys will tell me, Mama, we are not ready to listen to any money in this community as we are willing to sit down and talk and listen to you, this woman. Because they said, uh, when the, um, uh, the, the, when the uh, security agents were persecuting us, killing us, 
all the men never cared. And when we went underground, nobody cared to find out these are children of the commissions of the community. Where are they? How are they doing? How are they faring? Nobody cared until we came out now with our gun and then targeted killing. So we are not ready to listen to anybody. So in this respect, in fact, believe you me, even the violent ones in this kind of, uh, in kinds of actions of recognition or respect for women and others and recognizing women's agency are far better than even the constituted authorities really. Because they are effectively utilizing it, calling me mama, because in fact, yeah, in my yeah. experience, I have lived through the complex. I have never been threatened by Boko Haram even for a day in my life. Well, you're, you're, you're big, you're big mama. They're not no. going to do anything to, 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 to mama. <laughs> but the security agents have even arrested me. Yeah, yeah. They have it. arrested me. They have put me in the barracks for mm. hours. Before yeah. I eventually bailed myself out, and nobody can come to bail me until I myself spoke yeah. arguing with them. Then eventually they said, What you people are doing is what your whole society needs to do. If people have been doing this, they said people like us will not be here to manage a situation we do not even understand. Yeah. So, in fact, that tells me that the military itself does not even understand the situation they, they are managing. And neither do they even know the enemy they are fighting at that time. It's so counterproductive, Hamzatu. The, it is, you know, it the is. way the military thinks that violence is the only successful way. And you know, for this time, you know, we have to blame the superpowers. Ah, since well. the 9-11 response, yeah, uh, yeah, since yeah. the U.S. and its allies' response to the 9-11, uh, they said 9-11 was engineered by so-so and so, and then they responded with the same violence. That's this, true. Yes, this trend has continued to occupy, mm. to dominate the world's response to any terrorist activities yeah. or countering violent extremism or con conditions conducing to extremism. And to date, we are not seeing any result from that. Yeah, they have to change track. You're absolutely right. You need an alternative approach, your, your approach. Alternative approach is the best. Yeah. And then what of the consequences? The hardware response to the violence is bringing on our people. Eh? Right, right. Where women become widows, where women are abducted and raped, where children are born in this complex situation, children without fathers, children yeah. whose mothers don't even know who their fathers are. Yeah, Many yeah, children yeah. are out of school. So the consequences of this, this thing is very, very counterproductive even for the whole development and stability of the whole world. But you know, Amsatu, there's somebody that Dina and I should introduce you to because he, and it's a he, he has the same idea, Dina. I'm talking about mm. Nurhuda. Wow, doesn't, yeah. doesn't Hamsatu's approach sounds like Nurhuda? Yeah. Yes, so, I think you should meet him. No, I don't think I have ever met him. We'll, we'll introduce you because uh, Nur Huda uh, was a journalist. Well, still is a journalist, I guess. And okay. he followed some young recruits to ISIS. Mm. And he thought, like you do, that you need to be able to communicate with them in order to be able to bring them back. And what because, because uh, like, like you, uh, the military were not very, uh, you know, positive about that. Nurhuda 
started a little coffee shop. And mm. in the coffee shop, the ones who were cooking and serving were mm. former uh, recruits to violent okay. extremism. And Very it, interesting. And it's been, it's been working. What do you think, mm. Tina? Should we have Hamsatu come to Malaysia and Indonesia or Nuruda mm. go to Nigeria? What do you think? I think we should only stay in Singapore because Norhuda is based there. And we can go to Singapore. I think we would appreciate a trip to Singapore. I'm tired of my country. <laughs> you know, I want to visit. But yes, we should. We should. Mm. Yeah. That's very interesting. The funny thing is that, in fact, there is, I can say the whole world is playing the double standard. Look You're at right. it. Even the superpower, US, at a point, didn't the U.S. negotiate with the Taliban for the release of American soldiers who are in the hands of the Taliban? We saw that. And then for the Nigerian government who continuously say Boko Haram are faceless and we keep telling them Boko Haram are not faceless, the funny thing is that the same boys that we work with, even the government works with them behind the scene, huh? So that they negotiated to bring out the Chibo, the, some of the over 100 Chibo girls and other abductees. Uh huh. So, and then when the Dabchi school girls were abducted, the same government put some of these boys in front who negotiated for a ceasefire. And believe you me, a one week, was it one week or two week ceasefire was declared? where it was agreed that the boys would return these bo- girls back, which they did. And look at how it has worked without inflicting any pain or injury or consequences on anybody. Whoa. So if this device, if there are impact instances where vivid, visible results can be shown, I see no reason why the whole world cannot adopt these kind of measures. You're absolutely Impact, right. Yes. Impact Safer World is now leading an, uh, a network. They call it Security Alternative Networks. I am a member. We were even built to address the UN Counter-Terror, United Nations Security Council Counterterrorism Committee last Thursday. But what, what does it do, Hamsatu? What does the network do? What, the network is alternative voices, alternative approach, to counter and prevent um, uh, conditions that um, uh, lead to violent extremism and then violent uh, terrorism. Because the civil society, net, in fact, a lot of international NGOs like Safer Wall, like Amnesty International, like Human Rights, who are all part of that network. And there is this belief that, honestly, militarily, you cannot fight terror with terror. You're right, you're right. You have to, yes, you have to adopt an alternative approach. And this is what impact let us, people like me, even though not listened to by the government, but then eventually, since this is the only way, I believe at the end of the day, even the government itself has to come to realize that this is the only thing that may work. So tell us, Hamzatu, what is the situation in, uh, in your community today? Mm. Yeah, in fact, now we are enjoying, for a long time now, we are enjoying relative peace. And then the change of government for the first two years, two years, and then some months, we have a new governor. And then this governor is like 
my state has never had it like this before. The man is very, very active. He is catering for the situation, but then, and then doing his best. But then the humanitarian crisis generated by the insurgency is very overwhelming. That what he the best that he is doing is just like a drop in the ocean. Because right now, we in Maiduguri and then the environs, we are safe, we can move really impact, only isolated incidents take place. But then there are still areas that are still not accessible in our community because less than a month ago, is it? Yeah, less than a month, some weeks back, the ISWAP, that is the Islamic State of West Africa, in fact, declared a territory around my community as the headquarters of the West African state. They they invaded your territory? Well, it's not my territory, but just neighboring us, but still it is in my state. Yes, that place they call it, this is their headquarters. Oh my goodness, they're, so they're acting like Putin in Ukraine. <laughs> wow. Yes, in fact, you know, yes. Even now, yes, so now you see, in fact, Boko Haram is surrounding you. I can say Boko Haram is surrounding us, although they do not pose those threats as before, because now it is Islamic State, not the Jama'atil Ahli Sunnah leader hour that was more violent, that was targeting civilians. So these Islamic State members are not targeting civilians directly, but then they are putting a lot of pressure on the civilians, on taxis on contribution for food and others, but then physically their targets are only the security agents. And then that territory now they have taken to be their own is a no-go area completely. But oh, for wow. us who are within the city, we are living our livelihood, doing our activities, trying to focus our interventions on the impacts of the insurgency. Hence, I work with my social, several social networks from six now, we I have eight different social networks of people that I work with. I work with, and then I do some education on counter narrative, and then fees education activities, and then I'm uh, working doing some interreligious activities too between Muslims and Christians because the insurgency has created has widened the gap. The divide oh, between yeah. Muslims and Christians. And Christians. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. So, I do a lot focus on the women led faith uh, yeah. based organizations. And then the women suggested that I bring in youth too, so that to bring better understanding and cooperation between Christians and Muslims, we do activities together. We build the capacities of these. Um, uh, in fact, these are the members of our Shibia, Sister Amina and Sister Dina. You are familiar with the Shibils Peace Initiative. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. as our Shibils Peace Initiative, we bring these women and youth based based organizations, set them into a forum, and then together we do all our activities together. We build their capacity, we mentor them so that collectively, there is now better understanding between Christians and Muslims that they fear, in fact, they share even strategies of defending themselves, strategies of coping with the, with the situation. And then, in fact, we have strengthened the social cohesion between Christians and Muslims in that direction. You know, Hamzatu, I'm oh, trying wow. to... Uh, Dina, 
I'm trying to imagine Hamsatu in her mm. bathrobe and uh. her slippers going uh. <laughs> and rushing the the military barracks <laughs> in trying to protect the the young of her community and yeah. trying to expand to the women <laughs> dialogue you know to to protect the women yeah. and that's that, that that's something that that's uh, an incredible image in my mind yeah. it's similar to the ukrainian women giving right. sunflower seeds to the russian soldier I mean, dina amina haja i'm just listening in yeah mm. i mean i read books about what's happening in africa boko haram you know books about child soldiers uh, beasts of new nations tomorrow will be killed i have a whole bunch of books but how mm. haja as i listen to this even though we met in norway yeah yes uh, i got to be honest amina it's like you think that each podcast you've topped it and you go whoa this is very very incredible that you haja you're doing this at the same time for me middle class malaysia i feel like okay i'm going to pass out this is something i cannot imagine you know you can't do it dina i can't do this i mean haja where do you find why it? not why not sister you dina you can do it no haja where do you find that strength you know because you know uh, there is a saying in my uh, uh, culture which says you know these um cray fish that small bent fish my people say it is condition that makes this fish bend Uh, the crayfish. Yes. You're, you're mentioning crayfish. Yeah, condition make crayfish bend. They said, and then you know there is also another saying that says, if maybe a portion of your body, like your arms, becomes infected, will you cut it and throw it away? No way. You have to battle with it to treat it to see, and then <laughs> keep it with you. Or That's if right. you leave it, it goes with you. So you see, so this spoken like a mother. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of condition as a mother, as a grandmother, that makes me a peacemaker to see what I can do because I have benefited immensely in this very society. My parents are not very rich; they are middle class. I have enjoyed education uh, by public uh, in public school, and then I have worked for the government for over thirty years. and now i am retired still healthy and strong so what else and then looking my people in this kind of condition of dejection and others so rather than demoralizing or depressing me it in fact gives me the strength to see what can i do in fact sometimes i don't even sleep at my leisure time i will just lie down and then fondly and meditate i think of the numerous problems then i reflect back of the grand peaceful good days when i was born and then grew up and then did what i did so now comparing it to the situation people are living now i said no honestly it would rather spare me and then a lot of ideas will come to my head and then when i wake up tomorrow i am just strong and healthy again to see what i can do directly and then seeing the impact of what i am achieving seeing this wretched illiterate women talking to the media ever determined seeking for accountability for information for justice and others 
oh my God, it makes me stronger. And then it makes me even healthier so that I can continue doing what I am doing better. And then keep praying that the creator that gave me this health and long life should further strengthen me and give me more long life so that I can bring up and mentor more like me so that collectively we can do better. So this is always my dream that it never impacts demoralizes me, it never fools me, that rather it spurs me and strengthens me. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide. You managed to get your strength from the Ooh. community women. Mm. Oh, the oh, sisterhood. Yes. Oh, yes. This is the sisterhood. And this is, I think, what keeps the our sisters in the Women's Alliance for Security leadership really, so... Really. Wow. So strong, we draw, we draw strength from each other, from Hamsatu in Nigeria. Even looking at sister, I mean, I have never seen her so fresh and then glia. I cut my hair, like I cut my hair, Hamsatu, that's why. Ah, you are looking so <laughs> strong and beautiful, honestly, so charming. So this is the spirit that keeps us moving, sister. Yeah. We really have to get Hamsatu to visit Kuala Lumpur, Singapore, or the Philippines, Dina. Do you, do you have do you have space in your house for Hamsatu, Dina? Yes, we have. I, you know, and I've got two cats, so yeah. <laughs> it will be my pleasure to go and see these great women of Philippines, share with them, and then learn from them, and then come back and reach to continue the work. Yes, we have so well, much, so Singapore. much in common, yeah. so much in common, uh, Dina. I, when really, Namsatu really. was telling us about the situation with the boys who got uh, uh, detained because they were suspected mm. to be Boko Haram, I couldn't help but think about this happening also in Myanmar, in mm. southern Thailand, and in All southern the Philippines, in, in uh, the Muslim communities uh, before mm. the peace process uh, was successful. They would just grab young Muslim men. Yeah. If uh, mm. if something happened and accused them of being terrorists and they'd be detained for years and years and years and nothing you can do uh, about oh it. But God. thank goodness oh that God. we have um, oh a God. peace process. At least, yeah, Dina, that's not happening that. in, in Malaysia, right? No, no, not at all. But still, this is very worrying, you know? Well, Ooh. we pray, yeah, we just keep praying that God will bring us soccer and then as peace builders, we'll continue doing what we are doing. And then as our age advances too, we continue to mentor the young ones, especially young girls, young women and girls, so that we can bring up more to become like us. So that where we live, then hopefully these young ones will now pick up and then continue with the works we are doing. Because as it is now, in fact, the future of not only Nigeria or any third world countries, but I think of the entire world, I can see it honestly lies in the hands of women, girls, and then the youth. So therefore, we have to impact to work collectively to bring up, um, to build the capacity of the young ones, 
mentor them, teach them, and then motivate them to do better than us so that they will continue to do what we are doing better than us. That is, uh, those are wonderful words, really good advice for young people who mm. are venturing into mm. into peace mentoring we need yes. we need mentors like uh, yes we need mentoring like you, we need to like bring you, build them up but Hamzat to tell me so what mm. if you could advise your your president your government what mm. should be the way forward for Nigerian women to become more engaged in peace building <laughs> and in security? Or will the government you listen? Know, you know, not only Nigeria, but for many of the third world countries, particularly Nigeria where I live in, the problem is that of a system failure. The issue is a system that has been crippled and made ineffective one by corruption, one by patrimonial politics, which is part of the corruption. So the big elephant in the room is the corruption. And then in these corruption, corrupt scenarios, impact is dominated by men. So oh, these men have okay. become so powerful. They have become so powerful. And then uh, considering all the, the our patri, uh, patriarchal system, that empower gives them more power and others, and then coupled with the um uh, I can't say what do I say the clothing spaces for women. So and these men having dominated the uh, the sphere have closed all those impact that struggling. That's why recently in the Nigerian context, when bills for women came up, you know nobody is even willing to listen to them. Although the women were saying they did a lot of lobby, they did struggle, they uh-huh. did advocacies and others, but what they, I believe what they did is not enough to sensitize each and everybody, all, all of those men. After all, in the National Assembly and our Senate, eh, what percentage is made up of women? Very negligible, very insignificant. And then these men are coming not as individuals, but as members of their constituents, I doubt if 50% of those women in the National Assembly are well sensitized or are well informed, or they themselves even know the gender, the gender dimension of the situation we are living in. So I am not surprised when they said they threw out it away because some of them may not, may not even have the time or even interest or even cannot even read what is in the content of those bills. Let to talk, not to talk of debate on it and then approve it for women. So honestly, Nigeria, for Nigerian women, it is a long way. And then the, all the government is dominated by the men, men who do not even know, understand the context, because when they see us women, it is about, they say it is about freedom, as if women are fighting to compete with men. This is the general perception among them. And then to be able to really sensitize them, educate them, and then break that belief of them to be able to support us, honestly, is not going to be as easy as the way people think. And more so in Northern Nigeria, even in Southern Nigeria, where people are more enlightened, more educated, and then more informed, they have challenges. Not to talk of us, the voiceless society, 
the society with majority of whom are illiterate, a majority of whom are uninformed, and then putting these men to tell them to adopt a bill that will seek to give equality or kind of breaking the biases for women. Yeah, now I cannot say it is a hopeless situation is because I am always pessimistic, uh, optimistic that there will be change, uh, there will be some change. Uh, we are going to succeed, but then honestly, there is a lot of time, a lot of time, a lot of dedication needs to be put in place because it's not a one-man affair or a one-region affair, so that we can educate our men and then the whole society properly to be able to understand the current dynamics and then the need, even if it means going back to teach people the history of our cultures, the histories of our religion, that in fact gave preference, gave a lot of patronage to women. I think we need to do that so that they clearly understand what we are talking about. It's not about struggle for power. It's not about struggle for supremacy. We are not competing with the women. We are only with the men. We are only asking for what is due. I think there is still a long way. For left, for me, honestly, just going to the National Assembly to say, yes, give us a bill. How many times have we been told, doing this? How many women, like in my state, why in the National Assembly before? But now they have all been kicked out by the men. I'm Satu. It seems to me that it's very, very clear the way forward for Nigeria to have stronger democracy, to have peace and security, is to have women like you in parliament. So are you running you on Satu? Yandu, I, I, I don't know, sister. I mean, I don't have ambition to be in parliament. You but should be in parliament, Hamzatu. Be the voice. You be the voice. Yeah, I'm telling, I'm so telling Dina ground. also that she should oh, yeah. run for parliament. Dina, why don't you and Hamzatu run for parliament? Not in Malaysia. Well, then, who's going to do it but then, Dina? But the most interesting <laughs> thing is in the fish building arena where no man operates you now. Eh? Now is like the in the land of the blind, blind the one-eyed man person is the king. <laughs> yes, so even yes. though a woman, yes, I am the one-eyed person, and believe you me, I have never encountered any resistance. Mm. No man has come out to challenge me that what I'm doing is not right, what I'm doing is not yeah. proper. Yeah, Rather, yeah. they were praying for me. Eh? Yeah. They were encouraging me. They are seeking for more support for me. And these are men, highly placed men, within the religious cycle, even among our Christian brothers, hmm? and then the youth, the scholar, the Islamic scholar community, and then women are my territory. So I have never encountered. So I think if Nigerian women can put themselves in whatever position that they find themselves, and then dedicate their time and energy, gain more knowledge, so that when they speak, they speak knowledge-based. When they do something, they do the thing, based on the belief and knowledge that they are doing the right thing, making the right intervention, while looking at the same time, maybe turning their heads to look at, to consider our historical background and cultural background and others. Believe you me, one day, even a, a woman can even become the president of Nigeria. Oh, absolutely. And her name starts with H. <laughs> But then the way they are doing is now this aggressive posture of fighting the men, 
going to protest and others, it will not, it will not impact appeal to their emotions or sentiments. They don't care. What they see is just women struggling for power, trying to take the power off their hands. And definitely, even I, the woman, will not agree to that, not to talk of a man. So Nigerian women, we have to change our approach. We have to go down and then to go and then maybe yes, do uh, um, back to the drawing board, chart out our map, uh, uh, redesign our strategy so that impacts in with peace and persuasion, we can win the hearts and minds of our men so that they can be able to support us. Otherwise, fighting them, protesting, and whatever, honestly, believe you me, is not making any impact. It rather, yes, because I have seen it in my place. All the women who have even struggled to go are now back. They have left them behind. And then the, move, the men have occupied those spaces again and gone. And I, can, I, I doubt when they will be able to retrieve back those positions again. Thank you, Amsato. You've really given Dina and me a lot to, to think about. I mean, uh, Dina, oh. the, 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 the message of uh, women winning the, the hearts yeah. and minds of men is absolutely correct because we are, we are partners. God are made partners. men and women to, to be together, to work together. And we are supposed to work together to protect our families as basis mm -hmm. for, for dialogue, basis for protection of our communities. We need to win the hearts and minds of, uh, of, our, men. of our men. So thank you so Honestly. much, Hamsatu. This has been, thank you, Haja. This has been so yes. encouraging. So Dina, you have to run for parliament then. No, no, thank you. I, have, uh, I don't want <laughs> I will be, I will come and be the supporting campaign manager for Dina. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yes, so that together we will go and advocate and win the hearts and minds of our Filipino <laughs> brothers. No, thank you. I want to live in peace. I can do peace <laughs> other way. Um, Haja, it's wonderful to see you. After two, three years, that was in 2019. I hope to see you, yeah? Yeah, sure. Inshallah. Inshallah. We are going to see again soon, maybe in the Maldives, Dina. Maybe. Inshallah. Yeah, right. Inshallah. All okay. being well, we hope to be there all. Okay. All right. So in the meantime, we hope that uh, Hamsatu will continue to get strength from the women and the young men and boys in her community to continue mm. this exciting alternative approach to bringing back the young people who have been recruited into violent extremists group the alternative approach to the boko haram dina that's yeah. that's fantastic we really have to <laughs> get yeah. uh, hamsatu and uh, nurhuda together so yeah. thank you so much all right uh, hamsatu. you all in singapore i'll talk to me nurhuda about this okay mm, oh yes i look forward to meet with him Yes. So yes. Uh, so now our 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 time our time is up. It's uh, okay. Another one of those sessions where <laughs> we run we run out of time, Dina. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we always do. So let me say yes, thank whenever, you again. Whenever you put women in cross uh, in front, definitely you will run out of time because <laughs> yes. yes, five hours will not be enough for five us. Hours. We keep chatting and then yes, five hours is not enough. <laughs> <laughs>
And <laughs> there is a lot, definitely. As women, right. we have a lot to share on it based on okay. experiences. So thank you, Amsatu. This is Amina Rasul from Manila saying thank you for listening to us. Take care. Keep your masks on. Pray for Ukraine and peace in Europe and in the world. Dina? Everyone, this is Dina again from Malaysia. Thank you for listening in. Oh, yes, next week will be Ramadan for those of us who will be fasting. May mm. your fasting month be wonderful and full of peace. I think we need all that. Yeah. So thank you again, everyone. See you next week. Bye. 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 She Talks Peace is brought to you in partnership with Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics, the easiest way to monetize your podcast. For more information, check out their website at podcastnetwork.asia and podmetrics.co. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.